everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 450 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I could not be more excited to continue sharing with you personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to talk about, um, I think, a very interesting topic, a good way uh, to end the week, and that is why women are better investors than men. And I know that's going to uh, stir the pot for some of you. I know that's going to be uh, a hot-button topic, but the data shows it. And so I want to talk about why that is. I want to talk about uh, what makes women better investors, uh, why women you should believe and you should be a part of financial markets and be uh, the good investors that you are. And um, men, why we are coming up short. Uh, and I think all of this is going to be very interesting. And, um, you know, we'll try to be as uh, PC as possible, I guess. But uh, nonetheless, women are better investors than men. And I think that's a good discussion to have uh, in today's episode. So before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and uh, I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, this is not the first time that I've heard about this, um, but I you know, saw this op-ed this week and I was like, bang, that, that's exactly what uh, I would like to talk about. And it's an op-ed that says, if female investors have any weakness, it's their mistaken belief that they're not good investors. Alternative title was, uh, here's why women are better investors than men. And so clearly that's going to um, you know, raise some eyebrows. It's going to get some clicks. And uh, I guess I was one of those clicks. Uh, but uh, Megan Rayleigh, who's the co-founder and CFO uh, of Optus Capital, this was uh, her op-ed. And I, I thought, hey, you know, why not read it? Why not see uh, the, the points that she makes? So I'm going to kind of go through the op-ed and then uh, talk about some of um, you know, these things that, that make women good investors and uh, maybe some things that men need to work on to become better investors, right? Uh, if, if we can't do anything but learn from one another, then by all means, let us do so. Let us uh, find some strength in our differences, hopefully. Now, women and men do differ when it comes to investing, is what she says. Now, however, uh, while many think of women as the weaker sex when it comes to investing, um, which I don't know why people would think that, but nonetheless, uh, female investors actually capture stronger rates of return than their male counterparts. All right, so uh, what is the, what's the damage, right? Um, women outperform men by 40 basis points or 0.4% on average, according to Fidelity's 2021 Women in Investing study. Uh, this positive margin can translate into tens of thousands of dollars over time. Okay, so I actually did the math. Right, and I said, okay, how much can this really turn into this 0.4%? So I took two individuals, okay, woman and man, okay, and I said, uh, let's say that woman and man both invested $250 a month from the time they were 25 to the time they were 65, okay, and they invested, they made 10% uh, a year, the woman did, okay, and the man trailed by 0.4%, so the man made 9.6% annually, so that really doesn't seem like a whole lot. 
Now, undoubtedly, both of these individuals end up in pretty good spots, but the disparity is still quite large. So uh, the woman, after 40 years, ends up with $1.581 million uh, in her um, investment account. The man, on the other hand, ends up with $1.4 million in his investment account. So both very good amounts, but the difference, $180,393.81. That's the difference that just 0.4% made investing $250 a month over 40 years. Now, what if we had some super savers and those super savers didn't, they didn't save 250 a month, but they saved $1,000 a month over 40 years. Well, $1,000 a month at 10% for the woman would turn into uh, $6.324 million. For the man would turn into uh, $5.602 million. Still very good financial situations for both. But the difference is $721,575.26. All I'm saying is, if I can pick up an extra 180 grand or 721 grand in my, um, investment accounts, even if I'm already doing pretty well, I think I want to do it, right? And so I think that we have something to learn from women, right? This 0.4% can be a substantial amount in real dollar values. Now, in addition, women have been making significant gains in accumulating assets with 67% of female investors surveyed, saving beyond their retirement accounts up from 44% uh, in 2018. So this basically means um, maybe they were investing in IRAs, 401ks, whatever, but now um, you know, you've know you got this 23% jump uh, in those that invest in you know taxable brokerage accounts or uh, whatever else. Meanwhile, nearly 50% have saved $20,000 or more outside retirement accounts and emergency funds uh, with 20% saving $100,000 or more. This extra savings can mean considerable assets over the long term, especially if you're making higher rates of return uh, than the men are. Now, if female investors have any weakness, it's their mistaken belief that they are not good investors. The Fidelity study reports that only one third of women uh, surveyed see themselves as investors, meaning only 33% feel confident in their ability uh, to make investment decisions, which I think is um, a farce. There are just as many men who don't know what the heck they're doing. Uh, my argument there would probably be that men just have a whole lot more ego and probably pride when it comes to um, their investment decision or their ability to make investment decisions because finance has traditionally been a very male-dominated field. And so just because that's the case doesn't mean uh, that we're necessarily the best at it. It just means that it has been, right? Megan Rayleigh here says, over the years, I as a financial advisor have observed the unique strengths of the female investor. Uh, working with countless female clients, my team and I have discovered that as a group, these females share certain characteristics that make them both savvy savers and intuitive investors. And I've got some of my own experiences just you know, from a few years of being an investment advisor myself that I'll add um, as we go through some of these things that they talk about women, um, the characteristics that they have when they invest. So at the risk of sounding like they're stereotyping, uh, we know that everyone's different. We believe that everyone should put a high value on the traits uh, that she goes over here uh, when making investment decisions. So first, thoughtfulness and discipline. So she says, while we have found that male clients tend to eagerly invest in the latest asset class everyone's talking about, like cryptocurrency, female clients do not generally jump on the shiny bandwagon. 
Uh, they tend to take their time to explore investment opportunities and stay in their investments longer. Uh, this mindset follows one of our firm's guiding wealth management principles. Sooner or later, the consensus is always wrong. So I can attest to this, okay? I can attest to the fact that um, I've worked as a you know investment advisor for men and women, and it seems like the you know women they are more content with where they're at. Uh, they believe in the path forward. Uh, they you know take time. They figure out what they like, take those investment opportunities, and stick with them. And they don't necessarily uh, jump as easily on the the newest, nicest, biggest thing. And uh, that may speak to risk taking, maybe a little bit. I don't know. Maybe the uh, men are, have a have more of a proclivity to to take risk or something. But um, I also think you know the women have <laughs> some clearer heads in many cases, and um, they don't do a lot of just excess you know buying and selling or ask you to do a lot of excess buying and selling for them. Um, they basically are just like, hey, you know, I have what I have and uh, we'll just continue over time doing, you know, this process and trusting the process and moving forward. I, I agree that this is typically the case. So thoughtfulness and discipline, I think, definitely, um, definitely describes, you know, women and the way they invest uh, quite well. And again, stereotyping and making generalities, but I think uh, this is quite true. Now, uh, then it says curiosity and interest, Okay. So uh, she says, in our experience, women are more engaged in learning about the hows and whys of investing. They want to understand the planning, investment selection, and management process to make informed, confident, and stress-free decisions. Uh, we encourage them to own their financial planning and investment processes by taking a deep dive into how they want their money to work for them and align with their goals, uh, including their values, as well as how they want investment decisions made and what information they want to share or not with their partners. So. Um, I don't know necessarily about this, and I think that uh, there can be an array of people who are curious and interested, um, not necessarily just uh, women. I do think, though, something that uh, she got into towards the end of that um, little section was diving in, you know, and aligning their money with their goals. I think a lot of times um, male clients have this. Um, you know, tendency to say, okay, you know, I, I just want to make the best returns I can make. Uh, when women are probably more likely to um, stick to a certain asset allocation, a certain risk profile and say, uh, I don't want the best returns. I want the returns that are going to uh, align with my money goals best. And so I think that may, you know, align with what she's saying there a little better. But nonetheless, then um, she says that they trust in people and process. So she says, we've had the opportunity to invest the assets of heterosexual couples separately in situations where each partner was independently wealthy before their relationship. Uh, what we have found is that more often than not, the female partner achieves higher investment returns than her male counterpart. We attribute this incongruity in earnings uh, to the female investor not overthinking her strategy and her inclination to accept and follow advice once she has established trust in her advisor. Um, yeah, I think this also goes to the fact that I think a lot of females are you know, willing to take advice. Again, it goes back to the hubris, the, the pride that the, that the men may have in you know, managing their own and investing their own. And I can grow my own money. I, I don't know. Maybe that's part of what it is. I, I, there's many confounding factors that could play into this. But um, these are just things that she believes to be true and that um, I can attest to in, in some instances. But I mean, I think we're far more alike than we are different as well. 
Then the last thing she says is openness to advice and collaboration. So here we go. She says, uh, women value the power of partnership and we encourage female prospects to interview us at the start of our relationship to make sure they're building a team that they can connect with. Are they comfortable uh, talking through their, their decisions with us? as well as having us work uh, with their accountants, attorneys, and other advisors. We suggest that an advisory team include women as well as men of different backgrounds who can benefit from one another's varying experiences, expertise, and investment approaches, right? So a more collaborative approach, um, women are more open to that. I, I think that that can be pretty true. I think um, men have a general idea of you know what they want to do with their money, what their goals are, and they're just going to do whatever it takes to get them there and, and maybe not be as thought out, not be as collaborative, you know, basically take things into their own hands far more often. I would be willing to bet that there's a higher, and I don't know this to be true, so this is just conjecture, um, but I would be willing to bet that there are more men or a higher percentage, let's say a higher percentage of male investors uh, invest their own money and don't use an advisor than female investors, probably for this very fact that they're probably more open to advice and collaboration. Because I know myself, um, I I don't see the need for an advisor, but a female um, in the exact same situation might feel the need. I don't I don't know. I don't know what um, the difference in us and you know would be, but you know maybe that's the case, right? But that's what they found. So she says through studies and real life experiences. Now, we can categorically debunk the old wives' tale that men are better investors than women. In fact, we can point to specific situations and traits that show female investors are the stronger sex in the investing arena. So next time you're making an investment decision, consider investing like a woman. Uh, it'll likely pay off. And so I think it's pretty neat, right? I think it's pretty neat uh, that we can look and go, you know, hey, um, you know, women are better. I mean, just objectively, right? Whether you take some of those subjective things that she was talking about there at the end and those characteristics or whatever, um, if you just look at, you know, the rates of returns, I mean, 0.4% is, is a fair amount, right? That's what you would typically pay. That, that's less than what you would typically pay an advisor, but not by much, right? Um, that That's more than what you would typically pay for uh, a mutual fund or, or for an ETF, um, and that's what they are beating you by. Uh, so it's it, it's substantial uh, enough. Now, we can also point to this uh, this Forbes article, uh, which kind of goes through some of the the same types of things. And so I want to talk about some of these other uh, situations as well. So it says that studies show that women spend more time researching their investment choices, and while they do take on less risk than men, so men do take on more risk. Um, that doesn't mean that they're risk averse. Rather, they're simply more likely to take on appropriate levels of risk with their investments than men. Both of these findings make for better investing outcomes. So again, that speaks to pride, hubris, uh, that idea that I should be taking more risk uh, than probably is necessary. And I, you know, truly, I feel this in myself. I, I, I do. I feel um, that I'll probably continuously take on probably more risk than would be suggested for my age or place in life because I'm comfortable with my investments. But maybe that's just pride. I, I don't know. But um, that that could definitely come into play here. Now, this says this pre prevents women from chasing hot stock tips and trading on whims, behavior that tends to weaken men's portfolios. Um, let's see. And because women are more likely to have good age-based allocations, they achieve proper diversification to help protect their money regardless of market condition. And this may help women with another investing best practice, holding investments for the long term. Women are apt to stay calmer than men in down markets, 
Uh, this protects them from locking in losses when the market takes a momentary tumble. Now, let me speak on this for just a second because I've had clients both in the past, both, both male and female, call me when markets were down and want to um, cash out. And I didn't find that to be a very male or very female thing. Um, I found that to be a thing of knowledge and of understanding of financial markets. Now, with a larger sample size, could I maybe have seen that it was more men than women? Maybe. Um, but I think that's just, just very, very hard to tell. Now, what's more, men trade 45% more often than women do. And although men are more confident investors, they tend to be overconfident. By trading more often and without enough uh, research, men and do, men reduce their net returns. And that's been shown many times, right? The more trading you do, the lower returns that you should expect. Now, these lower returns um, aren't just from poor investment choices, though. Uh, trading may result in extra commissions and higher taxes on their investments. Taxes being something that uh, could definitely show up because commissions aren't as big a deal as they used to be. Stocks are funds that are sold after less than a year tax at short-term capital gains rate, which is typically higher than long-term capital gains rate, uh, which can have an impact. Higher trading costs may be an issue if you manage to consistently buy outperforming assets, but the average investor is unlikely to pick winners most of the time. So this is an interesting point that men might outperform women. I, again, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. would love to have uh, these numbers, but men might outperform women on a gross basis, maybe. Maybe, though, on a net basis, an after-tax basis, um, they don't. Maybe. Maybe that's what... Because think about short-term capital gains uh, is going to be your income tax rate. And if women are just buy and hold, buy and hold, buy and hold, uh, and aren't realizing as many uh, of their returns and having to pay taxes on them, then the likelihood that their you know investment returns get knocked down substantially is going to be uh, lessened. So maybe that can play a big part in the difference. Maybe it's the trading. Maybe it's the active nature by which men are willing to uh, take it on. Now, no matter your gender, you can recreate the positive investing characteristics of women uh, by following some, some simple guidelines, right? Whether you're picking stocks for a taxable investment account or choosing an asset allocation for your 401k, start by outlining rules that dictate when and why you should buy or sell a given investment. Uh, setting parameters ahead of time ensures you navigate the market deliberately rather than reacting to the latest whims of financial news. And this is so true, right? Uh, if you want to be an effective investor, just reacting on a whim is not going to get you to where you want to be. So for example, you might opt for automated investing using a strategy like dollar cost averaging. With dollar cost averaging, uh, you invest fixed amounts on a regular cadence, say $100 every month in an S&P fund, uh, rather than trying to buy in all at once at a lower price. Now, over the long term, this may actually help you to buy more shares for a lower average price without the stress of trying to time the market. Regardless of uh, exact purchase price, though, it ensures you stay off the investing sidelines and get your money in the market. This is particularly important for long-term goals like retirement because it encourages action, not waiting for the perfect moment. Now, while we don't know how high or how low uh, prices might be in the short term, we do know there's a very good chance prices in the near term will be substantially lower uh, than they will be in 10, 20, 30, 40, whatever years. Okay. Now, this article also gets into overcoming the gender income gap. And um, as many of us know, um, obviously there is, if you just look at averages, uh, a, a gap in uh, income between genders. But, but 
Uh, a lot of that does have to do with the choice of the particular profession, um, the willingness to go into those professions. But if you get you know the same man, the same woman, the same education, the same profession, the women are actually uh, doing quite well relative to the men. Now, despite research finding women outperform men when it comes to investing, some women are still hesitant about investing. This may at least be in part thanks to the gender income gap. Women simply have less free money to invest. May be true, right? Because again, on average, right? If you usually get their average income versus a man's average income, it is uh, lower. Now, um, obviously the less money that you make, the less margin you have, at least in dollar value, right? You might have the same percentage margin as somebody who makes more uh, in your budget, but the dollar value and margin can be less. And if the dollar value and margin is less, then your willingness to take that margin that you have and actually invest it um, and not just use it to consume or whatever else may be um, less, right? You, you may not be as likely to do so. Now, all of this said, um, you know, men, women, whatever, uh, let's talk about married couples, okay? Because we're, we're talking as if we're everybody's single, man, woman. Um, married couples, I think uh, this can be a, a match made in heaven, you know, for lack of a better term, right? Because if you've got the man who's you know, more willing to take risk and, you know, more willing to, you know, trade and, and invest in these particular ways, the man can use that woman um, as a, you know, counterbalance, as somebody who can stand on the other side of the scales and talk them off uh, of the, you know, proverbial ledge. And the, I think the key to all that is that you're actually open to that being the case. Because I think the problem is most of the time is like, whoever takes care of the money takes care of the money and the other person just looks away while they take care of the money. I mean, in in my own household, me and my wife, uh, we talk about major things. I talk to her about the investing. I talk to her, but she does trust me to actually put things into play, right? But I talk to her about everything. We do communicate about it all, uh, about the process, about how we're investing, what we're investing in. Um, but she's just not near as interested in it as I am. And you know what? That is okay. But you have to be on the same page. I think the communication part is huge because if I'm going to do something and I tell her about it or I ask her about it, um, she can provide me with another viewpoint uh, that will allow me to, you know, step off the ledge, right? That, that will um, allow me to step away from the ledge, back up a little bit, take a little bit less risk, slow down, think about what I'm doing a bit, uh, and then maybe step back up uh, and do the correct thing uh, the next time or do the same thing, but in a different time period when things um, are more aligned for that to be the right decision, right? Um, I think, you know, two brains are better than one. And obviously, uh, two brains that may be um, not moving in the exact same direction are better than one, right? It's it's not just diversification of investments, diversification of assets, but I think it's also diversification of mindsets, right? Uh, we're diversifying the ideas that we have. Um, and if we can diversify those ideas, we can also um, make the you know lowest risk for the highest return uh, decision possible. And I think that's the whole point, right? Um, so whether you're single, whether you're married, whatever, I think there are definitely things to learn from the way that women invest, right? Um, I think there's no reason that women should make higher uh, returns other than behavior, right? Other than the way they are relative to the way that the average man is, right? Otherwise, it should be a wash, okay? Um, but obviously, there are things that we can 100% put into play uh, as male investors that can make us uh, just as good um, 
uh, you know, when it comes to returns as female investors. But I'm, I'm just interested to see how this all plays out because we're talking about this very preliminary data um, because there's not a whole lot of long-term data of women investing and single women investing and things like that. But if women are beating men by 0.4% and they continue to do that or even grow that margin over time, um, you know, what's the, the wealth you know, gap going to look like? How, how are, um, you know, women going to catch up to men? It's probably going to be a lot faster. It's probably going to be a, a lot more equal uh, over time as they continue to build assets in that way. And I think this is something that's just not spoken on as much. I think, you know, there's a lot of, you know, opining on, you know, oh, you know, women are getting the short end of the stick in the financial markets and things like that. And it turns out, I mean, they're actually doing better on percentage basis than men are. They're increasing their investing outside of their uh, retirement accounts. They're uh, saving money outside of uh, their 401ks and their emergency funds and all these types of things. And they're actually building up assets. Um, but they also just need to build up their confidence, right? Build up their confidence and their willingness to invest on their own, if they can build that up, man, uh, there's nowhere that uh, a woman can go where they're not going to be successful when it comes to investing. So uh, I think this is super interesting. Uh, I think there are things that men can adopt here. There are things that, um, you know, women should be uh, more confident about. There are things that women should be more, um, you know, willing to uh, step into based on the fact that, hey, just because your you know husband or your boyfriend comes home and is talking about Tesla and crypto and all this type of stuff and you don't know what the heck he's talking about doesn't mean that you can't become better than him at this stuff right uh, a lot of you know what do they call it mansplaining maybe going on in your household and maybe that's just the fact that you haven't gotten interested in it get interested in it show him that you're better than him show show him this this CNBC article by Megan Rayley and say hey you might could use my help and doing this investing stuff simply because we have different mindsets and my mindset may be more, um, you know, built for long-term investing success might be useful. Right? So, um, hopefully this is helpful to you, whether you're a man or a woman, if you're a woman, hopefully this is, you know, empowers you, gives you more uh, confidence to invest as you should. Um, if you're a man, maybe this tells you, Hey, you're being too prideful. You need to listen to your wife. Uh, you need to be willing to uh, slow down, not take abnormal amounts of risk for no reason, uh, be properly diversified, invest for the long term, all those types of things. Um, and yeah, ju just for now, women are winning uh, in the investing arena. Good for them. Uh, by all means, continue um, to to beat us down the road with those returns. But um, there's no reason why anybody can't put these th same um, you know principles characteristics into play uh, but sometimes behavior just you know some behaviors just went out when it comes to investing and women have those behaviors or at least the data showing that for now so thanks for watching this video if you could go down below hit the big red subscribe button like this video leave me any feedback in the comments down below and i'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there if you're listening on apple or spotify podcast be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. That's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. Then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions and you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day -day basis.
So tune in Monday as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.